This program was paid for by the friends and partners of Bruce Downs Catholic Ministries. Well, hello everybody. It's wonderful to have you with us wherever you are around the world. I pray that you know that God is with you exactly in the place where you are. Well, my assignment, our assignment today is to talk about the healing power of God. And if we talk about the healing power of God and explore what it means to talk about the healing power of God, we, we, we realise that this is a massive topic. And we, there's too much to talk about right now in one sitting. And so I'm going to be quite simple because we can talk about some very deep things. It is, there, we, we could talk for many, many hours and we still wouldn't have covered the topic. But today we're going to talk in a very simple way and we're going to pray that the power of God would come. Uh, in my ministry life, I have seen some amazing things in my life. I have seen God heal people. I have been present with it when extraordinary things have happened. I've seen things I simply don't understand. They are amazing. I've seen the effect of, of what God does in people's life. And what I've come to realise is that God can work in us and God can move in us and God can do in us what he can do. And it is extraordinary what God can do. And so maybe all of you who are here and maybe all of you who are watching, wherever you are, maybe right now, just in your own mind, think to yourself, I'm going to be in that place of the presence of God. I'm going to be in that place where I want God to come to me right now. Uh, when the topic of healing arises, most of us think about healing in terms of the physical, don't we? We think about curing illnesses or disease, uh, disease or people who are dying or uh, injuries or people that are crippled. We think of those because we look at the scriptures and we read in the scriptures where Jesus constantly healed. And we think of those things and we think of those things in terms of healing and where they're all true. And we should think of those things. The reality is healing is much bigger and we, and we understate what it is when all we do is we think about healing from the perspective of just the physical. Uh, it, it's a very limited understanding. Today, society values mental health and emotional health more than it maybe has ever before. And there are injuries that have been done to us, things that are done to us that hurt us and that we cripple ourselves, we cripple in the way we walk. We cripple us, we're crippled in the way we feel and the way we relate. There are things and mistakes that we've made. And when we've done things to ourselves, then there are things that hurt us. And then there are circumstances which are just outside of our control, where we don't have control. There's also chemical imbalances and other things that happen to us that all affect our emotional state affect, uh, affect our, uh, a state of well-being. Scripture in the church shows us also that there's another kind of healing that's needed. It's the, and it's the, the healing that comes from the effect of Satan and the devil. And we know that Satan and the devil works in the world today. We know that it's true. We know that people experience the influence of evil and I'm not just talking about the fact that we live in a bad world and there are some, as in there's things in the world that are bad. No, I'm talking about the actual direct effect of Satan possessing people and affecting people's lives. It's true. I've been there. I've seen it. It's true. But that's just one thing as well that we need healing for. Healing is a much 
broader topic than just the physical. Uh, so if it's, and, and then when we think about healing, there, there are so many aspects to healing. Um, it can happen because, uh, in, in terms of how God heals, it can happen because of the divine intervention of God because he chooses to. I've been present where God's just chosen to heal someone. And, and, and it's clear that things are different. Uh, it's unexpected. It is a request. It, it, it's nothing that we did of ourselves. And then there's the healing that God does through science, the healing that God does through medicine. Because scripture tells us when, when God, when God in, in the book of Genesis said to them, go therefore and be fruitful, multiply and subdue the earth. The whole idea was to develop ourselves as human beings and to, and to, and to conquer and to grow and to grow in understanding. And we're still fulfilling that scripture today. And as technology increases, as understanding increases, we continue to do what God commanded at the very beginning and we continue to get improve in that. Well, if you know my story, when I was born, I was born with a cleft lip, which, which means that it wasn't joined. It wasn't joined. And, and, uh, and it wasn't until some weeks, months after I was born that I had surgery. And, and the effect of it upon my life was incredible. Well, and was something that, that you think to yourself, I, 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 didn't, I never saw myself like that. Uh, if you go and have a look, there are no baby photos of me, or, or I think there maybe is one small, very sketchy black and white photo. And the effect in my life was such that I used to play this movie in my life, in my mind over for many years, that I was a disappointment because of the way I was born. I used to have this image of, that I played over and over in my mind of that when I was born and I was in the delivery room and they, and they picked me up and they gave me to mum. I, I would have played this movie in my mind when I was younger a million times. No, 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 that would be not true. Probably two or three or four million times. Then when they lifted me up and they gave me to mum and she saw me for the very first time, that she was disappointed that she was sad. And in a sense, that was my name, disappointment. That was my name, sadness. If you knew my father, my father was someone who was, someone who was into things that were, were good and were perfect. And my dad used to say to me on often when I was young, and, and I used to play this movie in my mind all the time, that when dad saw me, he thought I had failed at life. And throughout my young life as a, as, as a, as a boy in, in grade school, in primary school, my father would say things to me all the time, son, you're a lot like your other four brothers. Look at you. Look at your teeth, they're crooked. Look at the way you are. And I'd go look in the mirror and I would see it every day. And then I end up going to school. And how many people know that school can be a cruel place? And, you know, and it was not a pleasant place. And so I lived with this thought in my life that I was a disappointment, that I had failed, and that my life would come to nothing. You know, everything I touched at school, I, when I look back, I, I, I failed at, and so many of them I intentionally sabotaged myself because I never, ever thought that I would succeed. I went to my school dance. Matter of fact, I was, the, I, was the, I was the president of the social committee. 
And I didn't talk to one girl at the night because, on the night of my school dance that I organised for hundreds of people because, well, look at me. I was just a failure and no one wanted me. And I live with that every day. And then after a while, you begin to interpret things in your life that aren't there, but you think they're there. See, if you met my four brothers, all of them are fairly dark-skinned, like my dad. And I'm this fair kind of, look at me. And I used to always think, how did I, I take after my mum's side of the family? But when you're young, when you're a teenager, that was terrible. My brothers all were excellent at sport. If you go into my parents' lounge room, it was loaded with trophies that they all won. I won one trophy in under-13s in athletics. There were two boys in the competition. Someone had to get runner-up. And that was me. See, now I look back and just go, well, I wasn't good at sport. Just wasn't a gift that I had. But I didn't feel that way. And then I eventually get married. Uh, and, and, and to my shock and horror, someone liked me. You know? And I get married. And I start work. And every job I do, I fail at. You know why? Because I'm disappointment, I'm failure. My dad told me I would never measure up to be anything. My dad consistently said to me, son, just do safe things because look at you. You have failed. And, I, and, and, and now I look back on it and, and I have a different, you know, but at the time it just hurt. I want to know something. I think I've met millions of people who for various reasons just like me are like me. You just can't see the scars. It's because of someone, what someone did to them in a place and they felt that they were out of control and they couldn't stop one, someone doing something to them. It was something that someone said to them. It was a way that people treated them. It was a rejection that they occurred. And then you begin to pile on all of these things that Maybe are true and maybe aren't, you know. And then one day, I'd been married about two and a bit years, and Rosemary came to me and, uh, and she said to me, she said, we don't have a future as a marriage. We don't have a future. She said, we, we can't keep going like this. She said, because everything you touch, you just destroy, and you're destroying us. See, because my biggest phrase when Rosemary met, we, met me was, um, uh, I'll survive, I'll get by. And I must have said it millions and millions of times. And when I met Rosemary, I changed it in time to, we'll survive, we'll get by. But Rosemary had never seen herself like that. And one day she said to me, she said, we, she said, we have no future married about two years she said we can't go on like this she said you're broken and I was and so we found a friend a spiritual friend and one day he came over and we decided that we would pray our way through this and I was lost I was 24 25 years of age and I was just so lost 
I knew what God had said to me. I knew what I'd written in my prayer journals, but I never believed any of them in a sense could come true. You see, because I was a failure, I was broken and no one wanted me. That was the movie I played over. You know how you play movies in your mind? Or is it maybe just me? And we envisage ourselves in certain ways. And as we, and we got together and we decided to pray this day, and I, and I, remember, I, remember, I remember this day, uh, this gentleman who was with us, he said, why don't we go back right to that very day when it all began, on the day you were born? And see, it was easy for me to go back there because I had played the movie in my mind millions of times. See, I know exactly what the room is that I was born in. I know what the walls were like. I know where the bed is. I know where everybody was standing. But want to know something? It's all in my mind. Because I was just an infant. I don't know what the room was like. But I was clear. But as soon as he said, let's go back there, I was there. And I started to weep. I mean, cry. Like, not just cry, not pretty cry. But to weep because it was such a place of hurt. Because that was the place well, my mum was disappointed in me. And, and I, I remember we began to pray. And, and this gentleman said to me, he said, uh, he said to me as we were, pr- we, we were praying, he said to me, he said, uh, what's in the room? And I described the room. And then he said, he said, I want you just to stand back. He said, just pull back from the room a little bit. And just pull back from the room a bit. And have a look at the whole room. And it's almost like I got this view down at the room because I'd looked at the room in so many different ways. And, and, as, and as we talked about the fact that God could heal, but I didn't understand what that was, he said, pull back. He said, who else is in the room? And literally standing against the, room, uh, the wall, leaning like this, was Jesus. It was clear to me as anything in my mind. It was Jesus. And I remember he looked at me on the bed when I'd just been born and, 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 and our eyes met and he said to me, he said, you're right. It's going to be all right. And it was as quick as that and it was almost like all of a sudden just this immense just sense of healing and hurt just came upon me. The hurt just dissipated as quickly and I, re- I, remember, I remember within, within hours of that, Rosemary saying something's different. Something's different. And when I went back and began to look at all of the movies of my life, my dad hadn't told me ever he was disappointed in me. He told me consistently that he loved me. And he used to say to me, son, you're not into sport like the others. God's given you different gifts. But I never heard that. What I heard was, my mum never not, didn't love me for a second from the moment she saw me. But I didn't hear that. And for 25 years of my life, I limped. I was damaged. It affected me as a dad. It affected every job I did. And yet that day when the power of God came upon me as Rosemary and this gentleman prayed, it changed everything. It changed everything. I was never the same because of what happened on that day. 
And, and, and I have come to believe that healing is absolutely, utterly real. And if I had longer than what we have, I could tell you the long story of what my life was like. And none of it was pretty. I often feel like crying for the person that I was before I was 25 because life was so terrible because of who I was. And I meet people, I read the stories of people in their droves who were just like me, but because of different things that have happened, maybe things that they did, maybe things that were out of their control, things that were said to them. And, 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 and the stories impact upon them deeper and deeper and deeper. Yeah. People often resist healing, and they resist healing for a number of reasons. One, some people have an attitude that, that suffering is good. That suffering is good. If I, you know, we, we all have that thing about, well, I'll offer it up to all the, all the souls in purgatory. Ever heard that? You know, suffering is good, it makes me holy. And there is no doubt the scripture tells us, the tradition of the church tells us, the, the, the lives of holy men and women of God tell us that God does use suffering. There's no doubt about that. But there are some people who just claim it for their own when healing is available to their lives. Um, some people stop and say, well, I can't ask God because uh, if I ask God, he would not answer me. He wouldn't answer me. I, 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 I regularly have people who come to me and say this to me, Bruce, if you would pray, would you, if you pray, God will hear your prayers, but he won't hear my prayers. If I had a dollar for every time I've heard that, people come to me all the time, would you pray? That's true. When I pray, God answers prayers because I've seen so much. And how is faith built? Faith is built like fine sand in layers. I've just seen God do so many incredible things that I can't explain. And maybe because in a sense, I'm such damaged goods, healed by God and restored by God, it's given me the ability to believe that God can do the impossible. Uh, some people resist healing because they go, I know God is real, but please, I'm not crazy. Because there are Catholic people, there are Christian people who would stop and say, yeah, God did that once, he doesn't do it now. You've heard, you heard people say that? God did it once, he doesn't do it now. Jesus did it, you're not Jesus. There are others who say, my prayers won't change God's mind. I've talked to people who say, well, God, God's got his mind set. God doesn't change his mind. But you only need to read the scriptures, even go right back into the book of Genesis, where Abraham comes along and says to, when Abraham's, uh, when God's going to blow up one of the, <laughs> the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, and, and, and uh, Abraham comes along and says, if you find 50 good men, would you change your mind and not do it? And he goes, if I find 50. And if you found 45, would you, would you not do it? He says, I won't do it for 45. And it goes all the way down to 10. God clearly changes his mind when we put our needs before God. God seeks for us to come before him. Well, before we go on to talk about healing our bodies and healing our minds, and I'm just going to give you one key today, one key for us to look at in our lives. There's, a, there's even a greater injury than any injury I've talked about it. And that's the injury of sin and of original sin. Remember, if, if we think about who God was, God comes along, God is infinite, indescribable, everywhere. And God out of an abundance, and the catechism says, out of his sheer goodness, 
creates human beings. And he makes human beings such that they are, and God is perfect in every way, and makes human beings holy such that they can have communion with God, as in relationship with God. But for any relationship to work, you can't force someone to love you, can you? For love to be truly real, it's got to be, it's got to be chosen. You can't force it. You hear about these cases where men capture these women and put them and hide them in their home for 25 years. At the end of the 25 years, the women don't love them because you can't force love. You can't make someone love you. So God, who's perfect, gives human beings who are holy, able to have a relationship with God. God comes to human beings and says, I'll give you free choice so that you choose me. But as soon as you give free choice, you give the ability to reject. And humanity comes along, and we all know that principle, you all know it in your own life, where we stop and we say to God, God, I don't want to do what you want me to do. I, and Adam and Eve, who, are the, who, who represent humanity, come along and they choose against God's law. And what does theologians tell us? Theologians tell us this fracture, this crack in creation and a relationship with God, and humanity loses its holiness and it falls from God. And with it falling, death enters into the world. Uh, Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. And what is death? Death is a complete, absolute, utter depletion of who you are. We can't survive without perfection, the love of God, the perfection of God. None of us can live without that. And yet, and yet uh, so we're separated from God. And the injury of that is our death. The injury of that is this human condition that we all experience now, emotionally, physically, in other ways. All of this is, is the effect of, the, of human beings saying to God, God, I choose against you. I choose my way. How many of you have any, done anything wrong? How many of you ever made a decision that you knew you shouldn't make and you did it anyway? Well, none of you, but all of those people watching, no doubt it's you, you know? The reality is that that sin damages us. And the greatest healing we needed was given to us in the person of Jesus. When he came along and he declared his a new kingdom, he came along and, and he also, what he did was, he came along and he uh, set right sin by dying and rising did away with the consequences of it and took humanity that had lost their holiness and he restored humanity to the place they, could, they are where they can be in eternity with God. That's what Jesus did. Jesus restored us to the place where we were. That's the greatest healing that all of us need. And all of us in our prayer life, all of us in our lives every day need to constantly come before God and say, Jesus, be more real in me. Be Jesus be more alive in me so that I could live with the faith of God in my life and, and the life of God in my life. Well, when we read the scriptures, I'm going to read three passages of scripture. And in these three passages of scripture, I want you to look for, I'm not going to tell you to the end. I'm going to read three stories. Uh, what do you think Jesus says is the key to healing? Because you're here today, many of you are watching today, because you seek healing in your life for something. What do you think the, 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 key, the keys to these are? And in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 9, it says this. 
Then suddenly a woman who'd been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak. For she said to herself, if I only touch his cloak, I'll be made well. And Jesus turned and seeing her, he said, take heart, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was made well. Do you see it? Another passage of scripture from Luke chapter 17. And it says this. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region from, uh, for Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, 10 lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. And then Jesus asked, were not 10 made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, get up, go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Do you see it? And then one, one more passage of scripture. From Luke. As he approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And when he heard a crowd going by, he asked what was happening. And they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And then he shouted, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front sternly ordered him to be quiet. But he shouted even more loudly, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and ordered the man to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Do you notice in all of the stories, this is not the point, in all of the stories, Jesus is clear, what do you want? When we come before God and we seek healing and we seek something, clarity of what we're asking seems to be important. And when he came near, he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, let me see again. And Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has saved you. And immediately he regained his sight and followed, him, and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, praised God. What's Jesus saying? What's the key here? Jesus is saying, is saying it's that your faith is what brings healing. It's your faith. Uh, it's, it's your faith that brings healing. It's not your confidence in yourself but it's in your faith that brings healing into your life. And, and, and what Jesus is even saying more than that is this. He's not saying it's your faith to believe that the healing can be done because many of us think that's what it is. No, no, no. It's that your faith in me, it's your faith in me who is, who is, it is Jesus, the power, it is the power of Jesus who is the healer. It is the power of Jesus who is the healer. It's Jesus who heals. And what Jesus is effectively saying is, if you want to be healed, you need more of me. You need more of me in your life. Our confidence needs to be in Jesus. And so we need more of Jesus in our life. Uh, now, if we read, and we read in Mark's gospel in chapter nine, 
in Mark's Gospel, chapter 9, we read a story where that helps us because if I said to you, it's all about faith and you believing more in Jesus and in what Jesus can do, many people stop and they say, well, that's all well and good, but, but I don't know how to believe more. I don't know how to believe more. I don't know how to believe for the, the miraculous. I don't know how to believe for the extraordinary. And Jesus has, an, Jesus has an experience with someone who has exactly this question. Because the problem that we have is that some of us the listening, if we're truthful, you don't have faith, you're just hoping something would happen. Some of you are just, well, you're, you're hoping that you'll just be lucky. You're just hoping that somehow you, wherever you are, that God will see you and something magical will happen. And faith doesn't work like that. It's Jesus that brings it about and us having faith in him and in what he can do. Have a look at the, in, in Mark chapter 9, verse 14. And when they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them and some of the scribes arguing with them. And when the whole crowd saw him, they were immediately overcome with awe and they ran forward to greet him. And he asked them, what are you arguing about with them? Now, someone from the crowd answered him, teacher, I bought you my son. He has a spirit that makes him unable to speak. And whenever it seizes him, it dashes him down and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. Now, if you think about what those symptoms look like in those days, being a more primitive people, it sounds very much like epilepsy, doesn't it? Or something like that. Sounds very much like that. So verse 17, someone from the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought you my son. He has a spirit that makes him unable to speak. And whenever it seizes him, it dashes him down. He foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. And I asked your disciples to cast it out, but they could not do so. And he answered them, you faithless generation, because what is it that heals? Faith. He says to them, you faithless generation, how much longer must must I be among you? How much longer must I put up with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him. And when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy and he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood, it's often cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you are able to do anything, have pity on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you are able, if you're able, all things can be done for the one who believes. And immediately the father of the child cried out, I believe, help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd uh, came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit and saying to it, your spirit, you spirit that keeps this boy from speaking and hearing, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out and the boy was like a corpse so that that most of them said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he was able to stand. And when he'd entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, this kind can come out only through prayer. Now, Dave, if you'll go back to the screen with the highlighted bits for me, please. If you could go back there. And Jesus... And Jesus said to him, if, if you are able, uh, all things that can be done for the one who believes. And immediately the father of the child cried out, 
I believe, help my unbelief. That is the prayer that I have prayed so often in my life. Lord, I believe, help me to believe more. See, the secret of healing is to believe in the one who heals. That it is Jesus who heals and that Jesus seeks to heal. And yet when I think about it, I think to myself, but I don't have enough faith. And and this man, this father comes and he's desperate for his child. Any of us who know what it is to have a child that's ill or sick, who's desperately ill, any of us know it. It breaks your heart. And if you're not a medical person, you know, and you don't understand it particularly well, it can be really desperate for you. I've told the story very often about our daughter when she was 19 years old and we had been across the other side of the world and she got ill and we got news that she was ill and we raced home and, 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 and we took her to hospital after just arriving immediately. And I still remember the doctor saying she's dying and if we don't operate, she'll be dead within a very, few, a very short period of time. I was desperate. I didn't understand anything. I didn't know what to do. And at that point, I kept thinking, oh, just, if only I had more faith to believe. If, if only I could declare right now healing. But I didn't understand even the words they were saying, the things they were describing. They were beyond my understanding. You know? And I've learned that the secret to building, uh, to, to, to healing, is to say, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Help what I can't do myself. Help what I can't do myself. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief in you. In you. And if today you are in a place, you're in a place and you are in need of healing, if you're in need of healing in your life, start with this prayer. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief in you. Help my, to me to believe you more. Increase that unbelief to greater belief in me. And that's a prayer that you can pray a thousand times. I've shared often when, when, when our ministry was growing and, and, uh, and, and, and there seemed to be more things to do and always uh, all the things we seem to do come with, seem to be always impossible to do. There's always another thing to stretch to, another thing to do, and they're always impossible. And, and I realised I needed greater faith. I started praying, Lord, increase my faith. Remember the story in the scriptures where Jesus tells a story and, 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 and it's a really tough story. And, and he said, this is what you're going to have to do. And at the end of it, it says in the scriptures, uh, it says in the scriptures, and many of his disciples left him because it was too difficult. And he turns to his apostles and he says to them, he says to his apostles, he says to them, are you going to leave me too? Are you going to leave me too? And, and, and Peter says to him, who do we go to? You have the words of eternal life. Who do we go to? And then he says, Jesus, increase our faith. Increase our faith in you. Because who is the one who increases our faith? It's Jesus. There's nothing that we can do to increase our faith. I, I can't say, well, I'm going to believe more now. I can't say, well, I'm going to, I'm just, I'm going to be a better person. Because every time I try to be a better person, I continue to stuff up. Just ask my wife and my staff. 
There's so many things when I know the right thing to do, I just don't do those right things. I know the right things to say and I seem to sometimes say the wrong things. I know none of you are like that, but that's just me. And it is only God. And, and so, so it's not a question, and I can say, well, I'm going to believe more. I'm going to believe in God more, but, but, but how do you ultimately do that? I'm going to go to church every day. Well, the truth is that probably won't help, as I've heard some priests say. I'm going to be good. I'm going to make sure I, oh, I'm just going to have pure thoughts and I'm going to be kind to everybody and I'm going to give away everything I have. And, and the scriptures tell us that that won't do it. Faith comes by God doing it in us. Jesus increases our faith. Everything comes back to an increased surrender to Jesus. Jesus, it's you. It's you. Help me to believe in you. Help me to have more of you. And the more of Jesus we have is the more we can bring our needs to God. The more we can bring our needs to God and say, Jesus, more of you. And we're all going to need that in our life, aren't we? Last night I was out uh, at a place next to the beach with my family. We were having a lovely night out. And my phone goes off. And it's the sister of one of my children's spouses, sister. and calls to say, listen, is your son there? You need him to get to come over in the house because we've got some news about your your son's wife tonight and and, and she's going to be devastated and you need to get him here as quickly as you can. This was last night. Rosemary and I immediately stood up. We were at the beach. We hopped in the car. We called ahead to our son who hadn't been told yet, listen, you're going to need to go over. Something's going down. We don't know all the details, but it's... And then we were there when they came back. You know, we all need faith, don't we? We're frail. And we need God in our life. And so, and so the prayer is, Jesus, we want you. And so here's some very simple keys that I've found to, to asking for Jesus is, is number one is our confidence is in God. Our confidence has to be in God. It can't be in yourself or in anybody else. Our confidence is in God. We know that God heals using science and medicine. It's not just the spectacular miraculous because God is spectacular and miraculous through medicine and through science. It's in, but yet God can intervene in his way. So our confidence is in God. And so secondly, so we bring our need before God who is able. Who is able. So we come before God and we say, you can, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. It's that dad who says, I believe Jesus. And Jesus says, nothing's impossible to the one who believes. And this man says to him, I believe, but I'm desperate for my little boy. Increase my faith. And so so we come before God who is able. And then thirdly, we trust his will. Maybe, maybe God, God, God uses whatever we're going through 
to cause us to surrender more deeply to him? Maybe. Ultimately, what is God about for every one of you? For every one of us, wherever we are. It's that we would, that we would know him, that we would love him, and that we would live in eternity with him now and in the future. Everything about this life that we're living is about ultimately getting us to heaven. That's the goal, is to live with God in our life. And so maybe, maybe God allowed me to be born the way I was because I needed that so that I would become more dependent upon him in my life. Maybe I needed that because there was no other way that I would surrender my life more deeply to God. Maybe God puts the things in our life that we have so that it would, because he's ultimately about drawing us to him. God's playing the long game. God's playing the big game. God's got the big picture in store for us. In store for us. Maybe it's that as we share in that, in that rich teaching that there is in the church, is that maybe we are called to suffer with Christ, in Christ redeeming the world. Because as we suffer with him, we offer that up to him for all of humanity and for ourselves and for our own and for our own salvation. But it is God who heals. But maybe God wants to heal and God wants to restore and God wants to work in people's lives and God wants to heal now. That God doesn't, didn't design us to limp, didn't design us to be less, but rather wants us to be there, to be with him and to be healed. And so ultimately trusting in his will is saying to God, God, I'm so surrendered to you because I want you. I want whatever you choose for me. But my confidence in you is so high that I know you could heal me. But it is over to you for whatever you want for me. Whatever will get me to heaven. Whatever will cause me to enter into heaven's gates. And so maybe today, the prayer that we'll all pray in a minute is, Lord, heal me now. Maybe it will be an emotional healing. Maybe it'll be a physical healing as we pray in a minute. Maybe we have to continue on the course of treatment that we have with the doctors, with the counsellors, the psychiatrists, the people that God established all of that and is the Lord of and uses that for the healing in our life. Maybe. But our confidence needs to be, Lord, I believe in you and I believe you can increase my faith in you. So what I did when, when I discovered that passage of scripture, increase my faith, I've shared this many times, so forgive me if I've shared it with you before. I went to my phone, my mobile phone, and every hour on the hour, I wrote that phrase from scripture, increase my faith. And I turned the alarm off, but I got it to come on every hour for 24 hours a day. 
And, and I left it on my phone for about a year and a half and 24 hours a day, every time. And when I wake up in the morning, there was seven, you know, five, six, seven of them in Christmas faith, Christmas faith, Christmas faith. I'd be sitting in meetings with people around the world and my phone would be there and all of a sudden it would light up on the hour, increase, increase my faith. Because that needs to be our prayer, doesn't it? Increase my faith. Increase my faith. Because you're the one who can restore my marriage. You're the one who can heal me of the damage that has been done within the marriage that I had. You're the one who can heal my body. You can, you're the one who can heal me from the abuse that was done to me as a child in the church, in our family, by someone else. You're the one who can restore. That's who he is. And so our prayer is, Lord, increase my faith in you as I have confidence in you that you can because I have more confidence, I have more faith in you. Does that make sense? So, so let's pray right now. Wherever you are, why don't you close your eyes wherever you are here, wherever you are around the world. And let's just pray for a moment. And let's ask the Spirit of God to be here right now. Lord God, we've covered a lot of ground and we've done it very simply in many ways. And we've come to this conclusion that we need more faith in you and that you are capable of bringing the healing into our lives that we need. That, is, that healing is not dependent on us. Healing is not dependent on us. Lord, it's all dependent on you. Our belief in you, our faith in you, our surrender to you. In those areas of our life, Lord God, where we hold on to ourselves because it's easy and because it's hard to have faith. It just is hard to have faith. That's the truth. It's hard sometimes to believe that you will do the miraculous. It's hard to be believe that you sometimes will do that, which that in one sense, people would say that just doesn't make sense. It's hard to believe, but in you, we trust. In you, we trust. Lord God, right now, wherever you are around the world, right here, just under your breath, just say, Lord, increase my faith. Increase my faith in you. Increase my faith in you. Increase my confidence in you. Because I know that you can do all things. Lord, we praise you and adore you. We glorify you and we honour you. For you are holy and you are just. You are powerful and magnificent. You are beyond description. You were before all time began. You will be when time ends. You are the Alpha, the Omega. You are the, the mighty King, the sovereign Lord, the creator of all things. Nothing, nothing, nothing is beyond you. Nothing is beyond your knowledge. Nothing is beyond your presence. For you are, you have always been perfect, sovereign, all-knowing, all-powerful. God, we bless you and adore you. We worship you and love you with all of our heart. Come, Lord God, today we seek your presence. We seek your face. We seek who you are. And now, Lord God, having surrendered ourselves more deeply to you, we ask forgiveness, Lord, for those times in our lives when we hold on to ourselves 
for those times when we've turned against you, for those times when we've not acted in the way that you've called us to act, when we've chosen against you. And that's all of us. That's all of us. And so, Lord God, we come before you right now in the name of Jesus through the power of your Holy Spirit. And we ask that your healing power would flow upon us right now in the places where we are. Lord God, right now, there are people who have in their mind areas in their physical bodies where they are in need of healing. Lord God, whether it be illness, disease, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we come before you and we ask that you would bring healing into our bodies, wherever we are right now, wherever we're watching. Right now, Lord God, we pray that you would go directly to that place, Lord God, that you would restore tissues and cells and ligaments and bone. Lord God, that you would, you would work within our blood systems, Lord God, that you would work within the organs of our body, Lord God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask your healing. Father, we cast away that which is not from you. Father, and we ask your holiness into our lives and into our physical bodies right now. Come Holy Spirit, come Lord God right now in Jesus' name and may your healing power flow. We praise you and adore you. We give you glory and we give you honour. Lord God, the scripture tells us that you dwell in the praises of your people. And so, Lord God, we praise you, we adore you, we worship you, because, Lord, you dwell in the worship of your people. And so, Lord God, we adore you, we glorify you, we honour you, we make you great. Lord, we acknowledge your purity and your wonder and your beauty. We, one, we acknowledge the infinity of who you are. We acknowledge the fact that there is no, no one beside you. And as we acknowledge you, Lord God, we pray that your healing power is flowing into our bodies right now, flowing into our minds right now. Come, Holy Spirit, right now into our lives and bring your healing power. It's, Jesus said, it's your faith that has made you well. Your faith in me that I can. It all comes back to Jesus. Lord God, I pray for those who have events in their life like mine. Lord God, where they have been injured in their emotions, in their thoughts. And Lord, sometimes that can be even so much more paralyzing than the physical because it robs us of life. Things done to us, moments when we were out of control and someone else had control and they did and said things to us they should not have. Sometimes, Lord, those were people that love us and that were close to us. Lord, it's sometimes because of circumstances beyond our control and Father, were far, and, and, and there's nothing we could do about it. Father, in the name of Jesus right now, in the power of your Holy Spirit, in the power of your Holy Spirit, send your healing into our emotions right now. Send your healing into our memories right now. Send your healing, Lord God, into those deep recesses of our being right now. Come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit right now into those deep parts of us that we would know you, love you more deeply, more purely. Come Lord God, we praise you and adore you. We glorify you and honour you. Glory to you, wonder God, King of kings, Lord of lords. We praise you and adore you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God. I pray for those people in cities and in villages and in countries around the world who are listening right now. 
Lord God, thousands of people listening, I pray for them, Lord God, right now in their homes, Lord God, in their cars, Lord God, in their places of work, in churches and in halls who are listening right now. Send your Holy Spirit upon them and work within the, the mental part of our lives, in our mental health. Lord God, bring healing right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. In the power of Jesus we pray. We believe. Lord, help our unbelief, but we believe. Come, Lord God, to us right now. For you are holy and you're magnificent. We praise you and adore you. We glorify you. Jesus looked at the cripples and he said, rise, in, rise. Lord God, to the leper, he said, go show yourself. In other words, go begin to be, and the healing came along the way. Lord God, as we leave this place tonight, as we turn off our computers and our television sets tonight, and as we go to whatever we're doing, day, morning, wherever it is where we're watching, Father, as we walk away, may your healing power continue to work in the hours that are to come. Lord God, I believe. I believe, I know, I've seen. And it's never because of anything I can do. It's always because of what you can do. And so, Lord, we trust ourselves to you. And Father, we make this prayer. We make this prayer in the name of Jesus, through the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. It was very clear from the very beginning that Jesus declared a new kingdom and part of his ministry, part of his work on the earth was bringing healing into the world in so many different ways. Today we live in a hurting world. I've had just even in the last week or so, a number of people say to me, gee, there are so many people in pain today. And it's true, whether it be from physical uh, issues, whether it be from mental and emotional issues, we live in a hurting world. And the message of Jesus, the message of the gospel is to bring hope and to bring healing and to bring the presence of God exactly into the places where we are. And even though we sometimes don't understand all things that are happening and we have to trust God, God works in our lives in such amazing ways. Healing transforms our lives. And so I want to ask you today whether you would, having listened to this message, if you would help me share the gospel further to take the healing message of Jesus to the world. I'm very grateful to all of our Faith Builder partners, the people who have gone into our website. They've set up a way to contribute every month. We couldn't do this. I could not do this in all sincerity without you. And to all of those who contribute, I am so tremendously grateful. So can I ask that you would prayerfully consider helping us proclaim the gospel and bringing the message of Jesus, the healing message of Jesus to every person, whether there's someone who goes to church, whether there's someone who doesn't. And you can go into uh, uh, to the Give tab uh, on, or you can go to this address on the screen and know that you are helping bring the healing of message of Jesus to the whole world. Loving Father, we thank you today that together you use us. You do the healing, but you use us to play our part. Lord God, may we be faithful. May we be, have hearts that want to see your kingdom expand powerfully. And Father, we make this prayer in the name of Jesus through the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey, thanks for being with us. I look forward to seeing you next time. And don't forget, wherever you are, God is never far from you.
This program was paid for by the friends and partners of Bruce Downs Catholic Ministries.